We are Wrestling Elitist. I'm your host, Alex Gibson, the man who forgot to come up with nicknames today, so I'm just alongside two of my best friends, Sean Nash and Chris Scott Moore. How you doing, boys? You got me. Ooh. <laughs> Real zinger. <Woo>! I had, <laughs> uh, had nothing there. Uh, sorry I was out last week. I appreciate you guys holding it down for me. Um, I was busy trying to scrub all the audio of me saying that CM Punk would never come back and that the guns were an awful tag team. Because uh, <laughs> can't take those things, things have been proven to be <laughs> proven yeah. to be bad, bad takes. Um, we now uh, we now have a new merch uh, website. You mentioned it last week. I'm wearing our first sample that has come out. I know this is an Ooh. audio podcast, so that does no good for our listeners. But um, it's magnificent. It's comfortable. It's a nice salmon color hoodie that I got. Uh, mm. I will say either it's running small. either it runs small or I am running large as of late. Uh, because it's a little bit snug, but still very much comfortable. And uh, you can find that on our Linktree, linktree.com slash wrestling elitist, where you can also find a web a link to our website and socials. I don't think Chris has gotten us started on threads yet, but I'm sure that is uh, soon to come. And <laughs> I, was uh, gonna, I, I was actually looking into it. I didn't do it today, but probably this uh, weekend. We'll try to get something going. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, now's our chance. There's probably like maybe only 50 wrestling podcasts on there right now. So we could be, be, the, <laughs> we could be the biggest, of course. Yeah. Uh, you can Number check out wrestling.com for our latest match reviews, articles, uh, and much, much more. Um, thank you to everybody who listens and subscribes to the show. But please make sure you're also leaving us a five-star review. Help us grow the show organically. Also buy our merch. Um as I mentioned at the top, there's some new stuff. Chris and I actually also have some uh, new stuff coming uh, beyond this sample that I got. We both got some tie dye shirts, getting some good feedback on that from uh, from friends of the show. So, Sean, can you uh, please go ahead and let our first time listeners know how the show will go? Yep. Uh, we always talk about the news, our favorite match moment and our least favorite cringe of the week, along with what we're looking forward to and a couple extra hitters to uh just keep it on going. That we do. Uh, this week, it's kind of nice. I think a lot of our stuff is very different. Um, starting with the news of the week, all three of us had some different news. Chris, I'll let you start. Yeah, so I think this is a huge thing for AEW and just the industry at large. So uh, WrestleTix had posted that AEW All In from Wembley Stadium is close is closing in to 75000 tickets sold and they're set up right now for 87,000 which would be like if they sold 87 that would be the largest legitimate attendance figure um sorry to you know break the uh Vince McMahon uh fantasy there but 93,000 folks didn't actually pay to see WrestleMania 3 what? uh yeah I know it's it's tough to believe that and it's also tough to believe that 80,000 filled the filled Ford field, which we know for is not accurate. (laughs) Well, and we had an, we had an inside source when we were at WrestleMania in Dallas that literally showed us the actual attendance numbers when they were announcing them. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we, we know, but nevertheless, it's a big achievement and it's a cool thing that AEW is able to sell out that stadium. I don't think uh, they'd be able to sell out, an American football stadium perhaps yet. Um, or it would have to be in a market that they just haven't been to yet, uh, which I think is how they're getting this big attendance figure in London. But nevertheless, yeah. it's still a huge right. achievement. And it is hilarious to see everyone just like 
the, the, the tribalistic sides like they just have to shit their pants and defecate and get upset about it and like Ooh, and get all ruffled so it's kind of amusing yeah. in that regard too but good news for them yeah it's 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 impressive and like like you said there's it's a new market so that's part of it right but like regardless even if it even if that is the case to be able to fill a stadium the size of Wembley 75, the way they have. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first, so the first time that that announcement happened, Sean wasn't on the, the next episode. Chris, you and I were sitting here saying like 30,000 is good, right? Like they've, they've doubled yeah. that at this point. They've more than doubled that. So yeah, it's absolutely incredible. My, my hope is that they don't try to run this every year because it will, there will no. be a law of diminishing returns. But if you mm-hmm. run it every three years, every five years, something like that, it could absolutely be a big thing. Like almost do it like a world cup. Right. Where it's, yeah. you know, every four years this happens mm-hmm. and that's it. And especially if you're not running the UK much in between those times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wild just to see the the Ticketmaster photo of just like the few seats in the corner and the the most upper bowl just being available with small ring inside. Definitely, definitely gonna be packed. My my news was Eddie Kingston finally getting some some gold around his waist. The new Japan strong open weight open heavyweight uh, title good to see eddie kingston well-deserved <laughs> person he's uh it's this is like a perfect title for him uh, you were saying mm-hmm. that in the text thread alex winning it in corican just kind of fits like a guy who's kind of got the the appreciation for the history of japanese wrestling and perfect start for him to go into the the g1 so good uh good start for him I love seeing it. I mean, he was very emotional about it. I have to watch the match itself. Um, I think it may be on access eventually. Like, I don't we got to wait like, until it's free on the yeah, world. In Japan world. Yeah, I, um, I, I, like you said, it, I think it was pretty much, that's the perfect title for him. And I think it's probably a more meaningful title for him. Obviously, AEW world title would probably be very meaningful because it's a number one title, but it's a bigger title for him probably than the TNT title or the international title as somebody who <laughs> grew up loving Japanese wrestling. His gear is, uh, you know, an homage to Japanese wrestling and everything like that. So very, very cool to see it happen. Uh, cool to kind of see it happen coming from Kenta too, just because Kenta is a, you know, he obviously his run in America hasn't always been great, mm-hmm. but he is still a early 2000s Noah legend. And so I think that that's also meaningful for Eddie. Um, my news of the week was getting a vignette for Nick Wayne this week. I thought that, first of all, the fact that he's he's officially going to be here soon. That's exciting. I thought it was well done. And third, they don't do this. I think they did it for Wardlow when they first started AEW. And that is about it. And then they just, they, there's a lot of guys where they just expect you to understand why they're big. Uh, Vikingo is a recent one, but... Even remember when the Butcher and the Blade debuted and everyone was like, who the fuck are these guys? Um, there's always going to be hardcores that get it. And there's obviously names that you can do surprises with. But I think with Nick Wayne, this is a perfect way to introduce him rather than him just showing up and you just saying this is, oh, this is a dream match. It's him versus Dante Martin because they're both high flyers or something like that. I was just going to say, I love the fact that they did a vignette because, again, they haven't been doing this and it's not going to work for Roddy Strong because it's like, well, he was on NXT and he's been in ROH and like everyone fucking knows him. But for someone who's still relatively unknown, this is a perfect way to introduce them. My only critique of it is like he doesn't need to wrestle next week. You can do a couple more of these 
video videos of them each week and then have them debut in a big collision or have them debut at all out and just really stretch it out just say hey his first match is in chicago whatever the fuck um i mean he's 18 it's not like you're gonna like well he doesn't have he only has so much bumps left like you don't have to rush it but i love the video i think that was one of the best um pre-packaged videos they've done in a long time and it did tell his story very effectively and darby did an awesome job so i'm excited to see him yeah i mean look at how long wwe can go who was that one guy that they were like the there was the indian wrestler that they were like he's coming and it was like yeah. four months of vignettes every week Oof. saying he's going to be here soon he's going to be here soon we don't necessarily need that but maybe tease it maybe make i mean what if you teased nick wayne's debut as the opening match of all in or something like that where it's just goes. then it it feels like a big deal a for his debut but then also you know, it, it just adds a little bit more intrigue to, to the show, which obviously, once again, we just talked about it earlier. Don't need a whole lot more, but it, it always helps. Sean, did you have anything to add to it? No, no. Um, I'll, I guess I'll save mine for later. If you know what I mean. Perfect. <laughs> I, I like the innuendo. Uh, well, let's move on to our match of the week then. Once again, one where all three of us had something a little bit different, though I don't necessarily disagree with any of them here. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Yeah, I don't think there was this week in wrestling a Omega versus Osprey type caliber match where it was like, oh, fuck, it was undeniable. This was the best. Uh, my preference just was for Kenny Omega and Wheeler Yuta. I thought this was actually a time where Wheeler could have conceivably won. They put a little graphic that Kenny is 0-3 since Don Callis hurt his feelings. And so I thought maybe that was the opening for him to go 0-4. He did the silly interference with Takeshita. So I thought maybe there's a chance that Wheeler would win. Um I like the storyline of the match too. Like Kenny's neck is fucked up. His shoulders are fucked up. He did the, you can't escape moon salt and hurt himself in the process doing it. I just like the, you know, psychology of that couple of good near falls towards the end. Again, I thought uh, Wheeler was going to get it out after Takeshita came in uh, Takeshita wearing white shoes with uh, leather. I thought that was a Ooh, that black was leather. A, that was a, yeah, that was a, that took, you know, that was a choice. A bigger fashion a statement choice. than your, your slim, uh, your slim shady impersonation here. Yeah, for those of you that uh, unfortunately aren't looking at me right now via video, I've got on a white cap, an oversized large white T-shirt, white and then tea. I do have like um, Eminem Berserker that song, that fucking weird like song that he did with like, the Stroke where he covered yep. Billy Squire. Yeah, uh, I have that outfit on so. Look for My favorite no. part about you explaining that is you also got away from the desk to like show it like like anyone was going to be able to see that. <laughs> As I just preface, like you can't see it, and then I can, then you can't hear. Let me show it off like I'm a fourth grader to my mom. God damn it, man! Yeah, I'm all fucked I, uh, up. I'm sick and tired. I don't know. I will say just just uh, <laughs> one note on that. I, I thought that Wheeler actually might have a chance at winning it again because it seemed like they were kind of running with the original Omega storylines from early on of him almost losing his mojo and then i thought you know maybe kota abushi joining at blood and guts was going to be his what reunites him so um very good match though and um wheeler i thought his promo too beforehand was really good the uh yeah the pre-taped promo that he came out with mm-hmm. my only thing is is he just doesn't have he doesn't have a voice for the blackpool combat club like the other ones like they have like a like mock sounds so gritty the way that he talks about stuff. Same thing with even Danielson can kind of sound like it. And Wheeler just sounds a little like he needs to deepen his voice or something like that when he's doing it because it just, he just sounds too peppy. 
Yeah, he needs to have 23 more concussions. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. he just needs to it's smoke. It's kind of true. Like he hasn't lost any teeth. He doesn't have any. He doesn't have a history of concussions. He hasn't blacked out matches and kept going. Like he doesn't have that. Like eh, this guy's a harm to himself to keep wrestling. Yeah, you know my uh, one of my one of my friends actually walked by him in uh, San Francisco before Revolution, and he was smoking a joint. And maybe he needs to supplement that with some Winston's too some Virginia Slims to get that rasp. Wow, Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler was smoking a doobie. Yeah. He, was, he popped a Winston, but not a real Winston. Um, yeah, he was. A yeah, metaphorical he was popping, Winston. He was looking to take a trip Winston. and Mary Jane was his travel agent. The, devil, <laughs> the devil's Winston. <laughs> the devil's Winston. Oh, wow. Sean, yeah. what, was your, what, was your, what was your match of the pop, week? Pop a couple of regular Winstons in your mouth there. Um, I did like that match too, Chris. Um, loved the uh, on-the-fly variation to getting into the, the one winged angel if the, the neck was all fucked up. I kind of simply, like you said, not a real match that stuck out, but Samoa Joe versus Roddy Strong was was fun. Kind of gave Samoa Joe the um, monster presence he needs before he goes into the match that uh, is being hyped up with CM Punk. And that's just the perfect character he can play. So love to see it. The, um, the shit at the end, perfect Samoa Joe. And looking forward to the, uh, the next match in the Owen Hart tournament. It's great that he's not banged up too. Like he's yeah. always, he was always fucking injured. And this has been a time when Samoa Joe seems like very, very healthy and he can go in the ring and he's had really good matches and his character isn't a guy who's consistently hurt. Like mm-hmm. him as a baby face, that's always the character he plays. He's like, oh, my arm's fucked up. Yeah. <sighs> kind of not good. So I love this version of him. And, um, I actually want to see him beat CM Punk. I think that'd be kind of a good twist is if CM Punk can never beat him. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that just in general, I, if I'm looking at the winners of collision existing, one of them is Samoa Joe. He just getting him a chance to be on that show versus being on the pre-taped ROH shows. And then just getting to put on a banger pay-per-view match, you know, four times a year or something like that. I love Samoa Joe. I've loved him since his uh, impact days and, you know, always felt like he probably would have been more if he didn't do that spot where he uh, did a drop kick and landed on stairs at at TNA. The wildest Um, thing. And collision to me being Samoa Joe show punk show, like a lot of these legacy ROH guys, it's just been even Roddy. Roddy was there for years too. Um, It's, it's been good. I enjoyed the match as well. Um, it's kind of a bummer knowing that knowing going in that Roddy had no shot at that at that uh, win there, but hopefully there'll be better things coming for him. My match of the week uh, was on the same night, but a different show. It was the Usos defeating Roman Reigns and Sola Sokoa to officially become the ones. They're they're the ones now. Oh shit! Uh, that's Roman yeah. Reigns' first time being pinned in what three plus years. Um, and I think they did it perfectly. We talked about Eddie just a little bit ago, how a lot of people want him to take the title off MJF at Grand Slam. I think that that would be the wrong move. That's just a move to people will be happy for five minutes and then immediately, what do you, where do you go from there? And I think that that's a similar story with Jey Uso and Roman Reigns. A lot of people think that Jey Uso should have been the one or should be the one that wins the world title off of him. I don't believe mm-hmm. that Jey Uso is the person that should nor do I believe that he will be the one. And I think that this was the perfect way to get him uh, get him a win over Roman, 
get him kind of his retribution to everything that started with the bloodline three years ago, but then also progress the storyline. I don't say this very often, but I have said it a lot with the bloodline. Very well done by the WWE from a storyline mm-hmm. perspective. Did either of you get a chance to watch any of Money in the Bank? By chance? Uh, I, I could not get the real Slim Shady here's uh, Peacock login to work. Oh, really? I thought, no. I, okay. I thought you said you copied and I thought like when I, you said I copied yeah. and pasted oh, it, no. that you were like, oh, it didn't it work worked. because I copied and pasted it. Oh, it's no, still not well, working. Maybe, maybe it didn't work. That's the reason Guys, why we don't, I don't know. Yeah. We, none of this speaking, is real. We do not share passwords. So not yeah, that's not something we do at all. It, it was his computer and I was just trying to make sure it was all set up for yeah, him to work. I was he using was pretty- the bathroom and then Sean wanted to get set it up. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I watched like maybe five minutes of money in the bank. Like I saw the, the arena looked fantastic. They did such a great job of like selling that out and it looked like a great atmosphere. And I love how they don't have a stage now when they have these for their big premium yeah. events are just like, mm-hmm. oh no, fuck it. We're going to make as much money as possible. Like we're not going to have, which is smart. They should do that. Like you have screens to look at underneath the scoreboards. Like, fuck it. Like you don't need to have a huge stage. Make your money. Yeah. It makes sense. Make and then the over. entrances were awesome. Like the, the cool, everything was great. And then the match starts and it's a thousand motherfucking camera cuts. And it's like, I just can't watch this shit. I'm going to have a stroke. <laughs> I, I turned right away. I turned it off. Yeah. They missed some stuff really quick right away on the men's uh, Money in the Bank match. But I agree. The entrances were cool. And I think what's unique about that is you take you you get the best of both worlds because it takes a huge crowd and makes it an intimate show again when you don't have Mm -hmm. that large. Like it feels feels like a smaller show. It kind of feels like the old raw of the 90s days where there was barely any entrance way or ramp way. So I think it does a good job of then. You have this massive show, but it feels smaller and grittier uh, as compared to, you know, a, a typical raw where it's LED lights everywhere. Um, just real quick, because I, I had this as extra things to talk about, but did you guys happen to see how Yo Sky won the female money in the bank? Yeah, I did see that. That's cool. I, I thought that was just a really cool way. I've never seen it happen before, Chris. And for the listeners who may not have seen it, uh, essentially Bailey and I can't remember who else she was. Um, Becky. Becky. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, they were uh, they were kind of fighting, climbing the ladders together. And Yo knocked them both down and handcuffed them both uh, with it into Inside. the ladder and then just climbed over Bailey. And took down the briefcase. The smoothest I've ever seen anyone take the briefcase down from that hook. Uh, and just storyline perspective wise, Yo is lined aligned with Bailey. So I'm kind of interested in what that what that has oh. happens mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad to see that she got the win. She's incredible. She's somebody who I've often wished didn't go to WWE, so she could have been an AEW kind of you know early on star instead of you know some of the people that were there uh, i'm not gonna call call out names uh but uh some of the people who were stars early on from the female side in aew uh, i just thought that that was a really unique way to see the money in the bank one and also one other fun fact that i sent to you guys it's the first time in six years that the female uh money in the bank winner has gone more than one day without cashing in the uh, MIT. <laughs> That's so sad. Remember when James Ellsworth won it? 
yeah. What? In that thread that I he, in that thread? Yeah, he won up. the first one. He climbed oh. yeah, the first one, yeah, for Carmela or something. And yeah, because in uh, that thread that I sent you guys about about that fact I just said, somebody pointed out like how WWE is it for them to be like, hey, we're being progressive, giving women a, their own money in the bank match, and then a man wins the first one. <laughs> uh, it's oh, like a that joke that we made. If we if we had yeah. a podcast in 2016, we would have uh, made that joke before it happened. Oh yeah, James Ellsworth is such a weird like veer yeah. off in the history of WWE. Yeah. He was so involved for so long. And then all of a sudden he, started Snapchatting teens and he was, wait, was that's erased what his from, downfall uh, was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think look it, at him. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. about right. But <laughs> yeah. Pinned AJ styles yeah. and, and got canceled. Yep. Uh, but moving on to our moment of the week, here's one where we actually had a little bit of uh, a little bit of cohesiveness. Chris and I had the same one. Chris, I'll let you start it off. MJF and Adam Cole, best of friends, or always be together. No, I like those two as buddies. That's fun. Um, MJF being the uh, especially smarmy um, baby face is really fun to see. Like he just he's so good at playing like kind of like 1999 rock in a way or 98 rock where like I know this guy's a piece of shit and he's gonna turn, but it's just fun to watch him like yeah do his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it's fun to have him call like Adam Cole like Brochotsky and Brochastic <laughs> and bro, just all that shit is great. Um, it's super silly the whole thing of like with the with the pie in the face how he like he's like oh you got me like so like <laughs> whatever and then the entrance was great like all that shit's awesome. Anytime MJF is being a babyface or a good guy, that's like awesome comedy to me. He's so good at that. Yeah, I I felt like um, I think part of what may and this is I know this is me looking into it too far. Like I I don't believe that this is actually what they do or they they're thinking about this. But part of what makes this version of MJF so good is he continuously does it, thinking that nobody else is catching on, and you yeah, always hasn't know done this before. Man. Like like there's like something funny about the fact that he always goes to this well and thinks mm-hmm. that it's not going to turn out bad for him or like that. He, he thinks that he's so manipulative that nobody would ever see this coming. And it's like, it's almost like one of those things where um, there's that stupid fucking Kristen Shaw uh, and um, I can't remember who else it's with sketch where like, they literally just sing Kristen Shaw as a horse for five minutes in a row. And it's like, it's funny for the first two times they say it. And then like for like, 30 seconds it's just uncomfortable and then it gets funny again because it's just like how are they keeping going it's almost like that with mjf where it's like how are they continuously running this with him and it's always works it's always good and and like it it just always plays for me despite the fact that it should be an old bit at this point yeah and what i like about it too is like he has professed already and he set this up there that like Adam Cole was his next guy after CM Punk that he was obsessed with. Mm-hmm. So there is going to be some really dark moment too. And I think that's also like just the silliness of this right now is setting up a really, really dark moment because he is a very, like his character is very, very, very fucked up and demented and disturbed and like has so many emotional problems that's going to come to the surface eventually. And it'll be interesting to see how he does it with Adam Cole who's like the biggest sweetheart in the world. So it's like, I don't know. It's just a different clash. I I, I like what they're doing. And um, it's also good to just test the water to see what MJF 
again can be like as a baby face if they decided to somehow hold off on it and let CM Punk be the main heel. If they, you know, I don't know, like that's something you could try to do um, down the line. But like, it's Mm. just it's interesting to see him work as a face. He's very, very good. And the crowd loves him. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sean, did you have anything bad? Um, no, I, I, you guys said it all Loved the, um, the pie in the face and just being called a friend after and, and changing everything. Really fun. Also really liked, um, just the beginning match of dynamite, the orange Cassidy and Keith Lee face off hilarious taking the first chop like that by Keith Lee brutal <laughs> as hell and then taking it in the corner again, but just giving a pause to throw the, uh, the hands in the pockets it was perfect. I've often shit on orange Cassidy or just not wanted to be a fan and continuously it's just always fun and that was a great great little spot yeah i enjoyed it and i i enjoy that they're like doing like different things early on in the show or like trying to change it up like the fact that they did that right before the match happened um you know the the um the keith lee and darby thing like i feel like they're just doing a lot of unique stuff and i i enjoyed keith lee uh and swerve being tagged up i actually really like i know they're kind of lazy and I know not to steal your cringe, Sean, um, Go for it. the way that they're doing this eliminator thing. But also I like, I like the idea behind it. I like the idea of just like being able to put people together and you can kind of start some feuds that feed off of this or continue feuds. Um, I just, I've enjoyed a lot of it. And um, it's just interesting though. How did like, how are some things a blind one? And then like oh, orange Cassidy and Darby were already tagging together. I don't really fully understand that, but yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's where I'm going. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, no. Well, I mean, let's yeah. Let's, talk, let's, let's actually talk, talk let's about it because right we already talked. Let's go right let's, into it. Yeah. Go right yeah. into it. It's it's things like that. It's you have just the already perfect combination of Swerve and Our Glory getting back together. Hopefully, it reignites the uh, the feud. But what the hell? Uh, Daniel Garcia, Sammy Guevara, just thrown together in a different segment by uh, with Chris Jericho. Just you could have done things so much differently. It's also added just a ton of RJ City, which is the last thing that's needed. Uh, I don't know. Just the the sometimes doing the roller and sometimes not just really kind of irked me. Yeah, there, there's no base for when do people find out? Yeah. How do they know? Like, it's it's like when the draft happened the first time, you'd see like a backstage camera cut and Vince would be Undertaker, like, hey, pal, you're going to be on the Raw brand now. <laughs> and then like a segment later, like the divas are in the shower and Trish tells, you know, Stacy, I'm on SmackDown. Or She's whatever. got her card. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's stupid how there's no like official thing. I don't know. And mm-hmm. whatever. But in uh, RJ City mugging Jesus Christ, like he just can't. Oh he God. has to like very broad and let everyone know that it's you know he's super zany <laughs> just like just fucking stand there um i could God damn it i could write a thesis on how unfunny i find rj city like he is just it it drives me crazy and he's getting more and more time on uh on regular AEW television i'm okay with him having his youtube so that nobody watches that's fine, uh, but whatever they're paying him is too much, quite frankly. If I get that controller job, he has a yeah. Well, the fact up. that he's like a comedy background too, like comedy people are really dark, and they have a lot of skeletons in the closet. <laughs> and they sure come out at really bad times, and it's I'm just sure like, oh, I smell, I smell some trouble. 
I don't know. It it's just it got a bad. Yeah, it just got like, oh no, they Jeez. should have known. Or like, oh, oh good background check, or just something. Something's coming. I just feel it like it's not going to be good. It uh, just, I, I get a really bad. You know, hopefully for the victims, I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I don't know. It just, uh, it, it just seems like there's a darkness though too. Alleged. That just, no. it just is meaty. Yeah. You know, when you're that, yeah, there's uh, trying to be on. It's like, oh, fucking hell, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, just real quick, uh, this is my own theory that I've, I've talked out with people in the past. It has nothing to do with wrestling. You could mm-hmm. kind of figure out what it has to do with, with him. I feel like there are some people who are successful in comedy, especially just by sheer force of will. Like, it's like they're just like I like they don't even actually end up being that funny or anything like that. But it's like they're like I'm willing to just not make a living doing anything else. So like I'm just going to be a comedian. Right. Like, well, and like there's, there's so some many comics days. who I. Yeah, like there's some comics that'll do weekends where they get 50 per- people at a show uh, at a club. And it's like, you're not making any money. Do it. Like, it, like, it's just simply the fact that you're willing to not make money. No, there's and so I'm many not, people I mean, he who probably toil makes away. money, but still. Yeah, but there's so many people who toil away at um, open mic nights in New York and L.A. that are like very, they're mechanical wordsmiths with their jokes and timing and they watch their tapes and da, da, da. there's improv people and then there's also someone who makes balloon animals and a billionaire sees it and they get on a fucking show like that's kind of what <laughs> yeah. this is like 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 elon musk will like people on twitter that are fucking terrible because that guy has no sense of humor like there's just people in <laughs> yeah. power don't have good taste it's just a thing yeah. yeah, I've worked at places where billionaires love to just spotlight people that are talentless and they get they find them so amusing or they like parody. They like this worst forms of art. They like ventriloquism. Yeah. Like it's just it, it, there's, there's no <laughs> talent by who makes it. There's no. Yeah, it doesn't. There, there's, there's no barometer of actual like, do you have a gift or not? Yeah. And it's every time we get drunk and we talk about getting getting our like our lives more and more into the podcast. I always, I always bring this up. Like, I just feel like, uh, like there's so many. And once again, this is going beyond RJ City now. Like, this isn't really about him so much, but it's just because we're talking about it. Where it's like, <laughs> where it's like, there's, there's people who are wound here. Yeah. yeah, there's just, uh, there's just people who like, I'm like, there's people that have made it that are so untalented that if you're like a little bit talented, as long as you're willing to work at it, you, you could do it. Like, that's what it starts to feel like. I just see people that, uh, that make this. That, that make something their life that they want to. And then I'm like, oh, well, I guess we could all do it. So uh, speaking of cringe, that was my cringe. It's just that rant I did. Uh, Chris, what was yours? <laughs> um, the whole thing with Cena coming out at Money in the Bank and like they, they, WWE just couldn't let AEW have Wembley unmolested. They had to like, it's ours. <laughs> fuck you. They had to do something. We can do it um, And the thing is, is with like WrestleMania, it's not like it's a random city they pick to host it. You have to bid on it like it's the Olympics, not to that extent, but like it's not like a show that um, just is randomly there. Like the host city has to pay so much money to invest in the thing. And yeah. like you're paying WWE to do it to a certain extent. Um, yeah. And London doesn't need it. Like they don't need it for the tourist attraction. They don't need it to um, say, "Hey, we're we're drawing all these people in the world." It's one of the biggest cities in the world. Like New York doesn't have to have WrestleMania. 
Um, that's why they haven't had one no. for a long time. Not just because of Madison Square Garden's fees, but just like you don't have to do it. Um, so yeah, it just was. It just was like God. I knew they're going to do something. It just seemed very eh, just cheap or kind of pathetic. But I get. Yeah, it. it's very uh, it's as somebody who's as somebody who has a uh, a puppy, and you you see a puppy where it's like they don't want this toy until then they see another dog that has that toy, and then all of a sudden that's the toy that they had been wanting to play with the whole time. Yeah, that's how it feels with with WWE. They're like, oh. If you want to do a big show in Wembley, then I guess we have to too. And it we just feels, it. eh. it's like give them at least at least let the show happen before you start doing it. But well, like you said, I get it; it's business. Um, I'll say that I I struggle right now to believe that their non kayfabed, uh, you know, sales would match what AEW's done. I I don't know, you know, maybe that WrestleMania name could could help them beat that but it just seems like uh it seems like it'd be very funny to see them do wrestlemania in london and not be from a real perspective real tickets sold uh for that that aw hit they would they would promote the fact that they earned more because they could charge more for yeah, sure i think that's sure. like one thing they could certainly say like yeah, we had a significantly higher gate, or they could do two nights, which AEW can't do. Man, spins yeah. up. Look at that. Yeah, my uh, my cringe was actually it was WWE related, uh, and it's the fact that they didn't capture or cap yeah capture or take advantage of LA Knight's current popularity and have him win the Money in the Bank. Uh, we talk about it so much. With are these is this person ready to win a title? Is it, you know and that type of stuff. Money in the Bank is one of those things that you can give someone. That isn't giving them a title, or if you do give them a title with it, um, you know they can win it in a cheating fashion. But you right now have a a heel champion that has been champion for three plus years, over a thousand days, um, has you know had a little bit of a reign of terror. Uh, it's been a great run, don't get me wrong, but in a kayfabe stance, it's been a reign of terror on WWE, and you have one of the most uh, proficient talkers in the business right now who's super over everybody loves him he's got his catchphrases he could he could utilize yeah. just his talking ability to scare Roman as Roman's life is crumbling in front of him with the bloodline falling apart like I just feel like it was a perfect thing that you could give him and you don't have to use it right away you don't even have to give him the title but what are they going to do now they're going to give him the US title for six months nobody gives a fuck about that title like that I think the Money in the Bank match is it's a good kingmaker and it's be- even even more so than uh, the Royal Rumble because the Royal Rumble, you know that you're getting your shot at WrestleMania. So then you either win it or you lose it right there. You could have dragged this out for a year with uh, L.A. Knight or however long you want to. And he could have cashed it in and lost, could have cashed it in and won. It. I don't even think that that matters as much as what you could have gotten out of his character having the briefcase. Yeah, it's got to be so frustrating for Triple H and Vince. Not that they're right, but just like how there's always like a guy that the fans get behind that they're just like, fuck him. I don't want to have to do anything with Danielson (laughs) or like, I don't want to have to do anything with this fucking guy. And like when um, Zack Ryder was a thing for a little bit, Ryback, like that's why they have secondary titles too. So they can give the Intercontinental belt to someone 
But now they're fucked because they have the Gunther one and they don't want to have him lose it. No. But yeah, now they might as well modernize the record. Yeah. (laughs) But it's funny. But like, I think that's why Triple H is smart to make a bigger deal out of the secondary titles, because then it lets the nerds go like, well, the the TNT title needs to be more important. And then you can get all worked up about that. So when the, you know, winner of this money in the bank, whatever, can go after that and they can, the fans can feel placated or something. I don't know. Like it's, it's gotta be interesting yeah. to hear like their internal reactions to this. Cause like, wasn't Damian priest, the guy that everyone was like, well, come on, he deserves it. Like he had that match with the bad bunny, bad bunny. I think, I think you people have right. genuinely bad enjoyed bunny. him. I yeah, sorry. You got that right. <laughs> Good for you. Bad rabbit. Uh, I, <laughs> Uh, he i think damian priest i think a lot of people like him and i think if la knight didn't have the rise that he's had a lot of people probably would have agreed with it but like are you gonna turn him face against roman now or is he gonna i don't even know if is seth a face i don't know um it just feels like it wasn't the right time to have him win that i would have honestly damian priest probably should have been the next rumble winner we know it's gonna be cody again because they're gonna run back cody versus roman two or whatever but i don't know it just feels like money in the bank like the the power that you get with the fact that you can cash it in at any time it makes sense to give it to a guy who can you give him a mic and he can get people going yeah um but unfortunately that didn't happen so let's move on to our anticipation uh, Chris, for some reason, uh, my notes have cut off what your anticipation is. So why don't you surprise us all? I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm excited for collision in general. I think you have two oh. great matches with Samoa Joe and CM Punk and then with FTR and the Bullet club gold. So looking forward to both of those matches. I think collision is going to be a really great show, uh, with Hobbs and Starks too, as well. Like, I mean, that looks like a, just a damn good wrestling show. Um, I think it's maybe this is just me looking into it. Maybe this is or or projecting and I don't know, maybe this isn't so hard and set and fast, but it feels like dynamite is going to be the goofier mm-hmm. WWE sports entertainment show. And then collision is going to be just be for podcasters. Yeah. I, I feel that collision feels kind of like a bigger version of ROH right now. And not just because of the yeah. talent that's on there, but the way it's presented the way it's paced, everything like that. And, and kind of like the true, it's a true wrestling show. Whereas dynamite is a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of the, the buffet, right? <laughs> yeah. Where you, you get a little bit of everything. A little um, scoop and I'm just going to piggyback off of, off of your anticipation before I pass to Sean and just say my anticipation, Samoa Joe versus CM Punk seeing a match that, uh, hasn't happened since what? 2007. Four? Is that right? Wow. Ooh. Could be four because Punk was in WWE in 2000. He was in oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, he would have WWE in 2005. Yeah, so it's a uh, match a long time coming, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. And you know they did a good tease a few weeks ago when they had their uh, trios match against each other. And uh, Mm -hmm. I know you said earlier at the top of the show maybe we get to see Joe win that. I would love that. I have a feeling it's gonna be Punk, but. I'm sure it'll be a good match regardless. I hope he wears those uh, fight shorts. I really like the look of that. Keep those going. Uh, I like it even more than CM Trunks. Definitely. CM Trunks, great name, but 
those fighter shorts. I'm looking forward to take it to Wednesday. Nick Wayne, first match uh, against Swerve. Perfect person to uh, Pacific Northwest boys. It's going to be a, um, a crazy match. The, the styles of both are very similar, but also Swerve's just a, looks like an asshole in the ring. So it'll be fun. We've seen Nick Wayne a couple times in person now. Or you, you guys have seen him once? We did the. I've seen him once. But didn't you see him at Defy? No, never at Defy. I think he was like too young at that point when I would have been there. I can't remember when that was. Um, definitely never there. I think just a couple times at GCW at Harpo. So fantastic wrestler. It's going to be great to have a uh, a barely legal fresh blood on on the squad. <laughs> Swerve is so perfect for it, though, and it's good that he's. We talked about this before, but like he's going to be the new MJF gatekeeper guy. And he's the perfect dude for it. Like he, he looks great too. Like he buffed up. Um, he just has a charisma to him. So I'm glad that Swerve is getting the assignment. Like I know they have the ha- the history in Defy, but he's also getting it because he's so trusted. And you know the company is investing in Swerve, and I think that's going to be great because he's such a different type of wrestling character that AEW needs to differentiate and good he's just he's fucking cool Blend like pop culture yeah he's he's so fucking cool and the way he comes like just like he comes out so menacing in his uh his entrance oh, like great he just he looks like yeah. the guys that he when he was with trench and uh parker boudreau or whatever Long it, was like, it, was, it was like him it was like him and a couple of geeks and now uh <laughs> the mogul the mogul embassy somehow is actually like a really good like faction there i enjoy yeah. them it works all together um, it works which i think that's another thing i need to scrub i think when they first got put together i was like god are you just gonna go is he gonna jump from losers to losers uh but I, i've actually really enjoyed them my question is do you guys think that they're gonna go the route of you know typically in wrestling you see uh people win their debut right um does he win his debut or does he come close and they just say this kid will have it in a few years type of a thing mm-hmm the he's going to be Dante Martin Takeshita. Yeah, he's going to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nefarious means Darby comes for a rescue, maybe, and then the run goes. All right, just a couple other quick uh, hits. Um, we already talked about you know Sky winning the Money in the Bank. I feel like we might have talked about this. Is it? Is are we ready for the acclaim to split from Billy Gunn? Like, yes. and I don't mean we talked about it earlier in the show, but like just over the last few weeks. Like, I just. I roll my eyes at this point when I see that that trio is about to have a match together. Still love the acclaimed. Everybody loves the acclaimed, but God damn, do I not need to see them with daddy ass anymore? The, that match just didn't need to be a trios match. Like why, why involve the blade with the Bollywood boys for, for no reason just to, to throw Billy Gunn in the match. It could have just been a tag match and, and should have been, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, Billy Gunn taking an exit. Billy beat, Butcher, Blade, Bollywood, Boy. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's Vince that likes alliteration. I don't know. Yeah, uh, no, I'm good with Billy Gunn being done for a you're while. Still, it's just, oh, okay. yeah, you're just yeah, stop there. You're good with Billy Gunn. I thought, yeah, I thought you were you were still into it. No, I mean he, it, it, it was charming for a little bit, but like it's come on. And it's interesting to me that they like they just keep bouncing the acclaim from like thing that I'm bored with to thing that I'm bored. Like I'm already over this John Morrison, John elite, whatever he is now, oh, Johnny yeah. TV. 
like that i don't i don't need to see them with that uh it's a real fall from grace from a year ago but they claim me to be a tag team and not a trios yes. thing because yeah, that's it, it, and they need to be a tag team because if they're they are doing these loose brand splits ftr is strictly on collision or they made it seem like collision is our show mm-hmm. um Especially what Dak said to poor little Jonathan Coachman. <laughs> Fucking dick. Um, and so you need to have FTR as the main tag team over there. Or I'm sorry, uh, the acclaimed as the main, main tag team on Dynamite. And then, you know, FTR and Collision. So that makes yeah. sense. And like if, if, if the House of Black is going to be strictly Collision, I don't know. Like, why are you making a materials thing? Because now they're never going to face off. And they're supposed to be faces kind of all anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And you you just you did a good job of uh, transitioning me to my last thing. It's the fact that uh, Malachi Black. (laughs) Malachi Black uh, (laughs) said that he specifically requested that they be collision only. Now, some people can put together two and two and realize that that also means that he spends more time with his wife who has a similar travel schedule if he's on Saturdays. But who's to say? Um, He claims that it was because he wanted uh, House of Black to be a you have to tune into Saturday nights to see them rather than you could tune in on Wednesday. You could tune in on Friday. You could tune in on uh, Saturday type of a thing. Hmm. I think that that's a good argument for a brand split is it does make things feel a little bit more special um, and feel like there's a little bit more of an attraction, but you have to have those attractions for that to really matter. And also as somebody who doesn't have time to watch both shows every single week, it, you know, like I also like value the fact that I, if I would be able to see punk on a Wednesday and not have to only see him on Saturdays when that's a harder night for me to watch live. Yeah. And, and to like, there's there's a lot of talent like House of Black where it was so inconsistent because AEW is very bad about like where's Malachi Black at? I haven't seen him for a month. Like so, it does help out those people who get stuck in limbo that don't have a reason why they're not on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch. Yeah, so it'll Scorpio be interesting to see. Mirror are going to be on Dynamite next week. I'm just going to blow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm loving Miro's presentation right now. Yeah, um, I'm so intrigued. Atheism. By it, so, Atheism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, even if you don't believe in a higher power, you should believe in this podcast and believe in where we're Ooh, headed. And that. uh, that's only up. So we uh, we appreciate everybody who listens. Once again, please make sure you're giving us a five star review. Check out our link tree, linktree.com slash wrestling elitists for our uh, website, merch, Twitter, potentially threads at some point, um, Instagram. Hell yeah. Um, MySpace, OnlyFans, uh, anything you could think of. Cameo maybe one day. Um, And make sure you're checking out our website for our latest match reviews, articles, and much, much more. We appreciate everybody who listens. Uh, Thank you. We'll see you again next week. Recruit, send us home. Hit the music.